Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, here with Cameron Jackson, CEO of Millennial Park here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We're going to be talking sea cans, going to be talking food, maybe some real estate, dabble in that as well, and just all good things, entrepreneurship, and getting out there and making the grind happen. So, Cameron, welcome. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. I've been waiting on this, man. I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. We've Great setup. It's been a long, long time coming, so I appreciate you taking the time and us finally no making this happen to get yeah. you on, man. I appreciate no that. I'm excited to be here. So what is Millennial Park to you? To me, Millennial Park is like truly everything. Um, to me, it's just, it's something I pour my heart into and it's not finished yet, but um, we still have a lot more to do. But to me, so kind of when I d- describe and tell people what Millennial Park is, it's an outdoor shipping container retail food court mall type of thing right okay so uh, my whole vision of it you know so right now a lot of people they get excited and they love what's going on but i'm telling them i'm like this isn't even 30 percent complete like really there's going to be a lot more containers i'll show you pictures later but i'm going to be stacking them up i'm going to be stacking them up on top of each other there'll be a whole second level so you'll be able to walk around all the way around doing different Dude. things that way so um it's just it's just, it's a work in progress but it's it's like the most important thing in my life it's like my baby Dude, that so that is sense. that is pretty awesome. So you're gonna be building like a second layer, like double story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like everybody can walk everywhere, like basically everything on the ground, but a whole story up. Will be a whole story up. So I don't know Dude, if you've been there, but I have the not parking yet. lot that I have. So I have two parking lots. Um, okay. shout out to Baton Rouge General. They ended up giving us the um, parking lot across the street. So we rent that from them. So we have access to that. So the parking lot that I had that I had to do to get just to open Millennial Park. Um, we're able to cancel that out now. So in that parking lot, I'll be adding containers, about 10 containers in that parking lot. And that'll be like the second level. So all the way to where the building is, you can literally walk up the stairs and walk all the way around the park. There'll be different kind of seating areas. Dude. And mainly the second floor will be like retail shops. That's okay. kind of what, what um, second floor will be just because of all the plumbing and the electricity and things, getting it all in the second level with containers is a little bit different than the building. So right. we're just trying to find different ways to maneuver around it and do that so that's mainly going to be retail okay but yeah we'll have a second level and it's it's a lot more to do so yeah hopefully about four four months we can start to get that hopefully finished but i like Dude. to i like to speed things up <laughs> so we'll see that's so I, I i was not aware that i thought you were like doing the containers and that was it so oh, knowing man. that there's a whole nother level oh yeah about to be brought to this i'm super pumped to hear about that and even see it happen and come into fruition so what kind of like retail stops are going to be doing the second floor i know like with um, a sea can there's mm-hmm. not it's kind of tricky to walk through with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be like outdoor or is um, it all still in the works? All still in the works kind of, but um, we're even looking at some options of putting two containers together, giving it a little bit wider space, um, yep. doing like th- things like that at the um, the top levels and also combining them where we're combining like the deck of it. So maybe opening it up on one side to where you can open up the whole side of it and then it goes and feeds into another Dude. container. And it's like you can open both sides and it comes to like a whole pavilion and now you're under, you know, combining two. Yeah. So I'm still working through some things, is, but there's, it's really the options are endless on things you can do with the container. So right. just trying to find better, best ways. And like you said, you know, so you're not walking in one container, barely walking by each other, but right. trying to find space. And so different retail shops, like different jewelry stores, clothing, shoes. Um, and this place is like that, really. Yeah, Dude, I'm I'm loving Like You could put them back to back like this and have it open up so you don't have to pay for a roof yeah you get yeah. them lined up to where they level just right with a little just overhang right. yeah with an overhang exactly oh, i'm loving Latch that them up. good to go <laughs> i'm yeah. loving that so where what how what's what's the story what's your backstory let's go back to like when you mm-hmm. were a kid growing okay. up what kind of a kid were you okay backstory so growing up i was always um really in the athletics so always did sports i was always real social so mm-hmm. um just grew up in Pearland, texas in texas houston texas okay. so grew up there um, i was in was in sports and my family's always been in entrepreneurship so growing up i would always come to louisiana and every time i would come to louisiana i grew up in houston so when i come to louisiana i would see my grandpa at his barbershop at his clubs that he would own and doing different things like that in the city so i've always kind of seen it and even my other grandpa had um yeah. auto shops and sold cattle and things like that and had his own thing. So I've always kind of seen it. And so once I went to school, um, I went to Lutheran South. It is in Houston, Texas. So ended up going to play football at Lutheran, um, at Liberty University. And then from Liberty University, I went to Coastal Carolina. So during this time, um, still the same, still loving sports, still loving life. I was never great in school. 
um, you know, my friends would tell you that I was never great in school. I wasn't failing out, but it's just like right. school wasn't my my thing. I always wanted to play. Everybody wants to play sports and go to the league and go to the NFL. So yeah. it was always like I kind of was stuck up in that. So I always knew I wanted to either go to the league and something. So growing up, I was like, man, I want to go to MLB. I want to go to NFL. I want to do this. I want to do this. So I never even thought about you know, what school could do for me or what entrepreneurship could do for me. I didn't even really know about being an entrepreneur until I was like possibly like ending high school, to be completely honest. Yeah, um, which is what your family did. And so my like, family did. The norm. So it was just the norm. Yeah. yeah, you open businesses, you make things happen. Like it was just norm and what I knew. And so I go off to school, I go off to college, you know, things are great. I go play football and finishing um, football at the coast, at Coastal and Myrtle Beach. Things are going good, but I feel like kind of like – you know, and when you're in a place and you want to do different things, I was in yeah. a place where I was like, I don't want to be here any longer. I need to do something different and I need to do something better. So um, going to school, going to school and I go to Jamaica a lot. Jamaica is my favorite country. My mom has a lot of ties over there. So I go to Jamaica. She helps out different schools and things like that. So I go to Jamaica a couple of times and then I go one more time after football season and I see that they're using a shipping container as like a restaurant. And I'm looking, I'm like riding a bus headed to Ochos Rios to go on this waterfall. And so I pass it up and we pass up like a three or four of them. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like I've never seen that before, but it's in, it's a third world country. So they're just getting the uh, shipping container, cutting a little, cutting a, a hole in it and they're serving out of it. You know, I'm sure right, it's super hot, no AC, no well, They're making it work though. They're making it work yeah. though. So obviously I'm looking at that and I'm like, wow, that's probably super cheap. I'm about to crack the code. I'm like, <laughs> I hit my mom up, I'm like, mom, Shipping containers, blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking about shipping containers and I get back to the States. I look it up a little bit more, talk to my parents about it. And it kind of just seemed like just the only route to go, kind of. So I already had the land. You know, let me go back a little bit. My grandpa ended up giving me the land um, on Florida Boulevard, ran down. It used to be the barbershop. It was ran down the state, um, closed it off. There was a lot of a lot of things that were going on with it, going wrong with it. So he ended up giving it to me. I had a snowball stand on it that somebody paid rent for the longest. So I have a sign in the snowball stand. So when I'm in school, I'm getting this rent from this um, snowball stand in the sign. So I'm loving it. I'm thinking, you know, that's all I can do on the lot. I'm just thinking that's like the world. Okay. And so once I get the idea for the shipping containers and I talk to my parents about it, then it kind of just comes to an idea. Where should I do this at? You know, Houston, I always wanted to move back to Houston. So Houston was obviously going to be the perfect place for me. So I was like, oh man, Houston's got to be it. Right. Huge city. Let's make it happen. Let's go there and do it. But Getting all the land, getting land in Houston and having that overhead, it was just something I was really unsure about and I didn't know how because I never yeah. opened up a business, like a legit business. So like, I wasn't really sure. And the sure. property taxes in Texas oh, crazy, are out of this crazy, world. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So wasn't really sure how I was going to do that. And then just kept brainstorming and I said, wow, I have this land in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in a rundown area, part of town, people love to say. Yeah. But I just saw opportunity there where others didn't and I kind of picked up my things and literally moved to Louisiana and bought a shipping container. <laughs> like that's exactly how it happened. And I go back on the Instagram all the time just to look at like how far things have come and I'll go back and there was just a shipping container sitting on a lot. Like that was where I started. Like there was yeah. no, I didn't even know how to get an LLC. It was just buy this shipping container and I'm going to open up a shipping container park or I'm going to open up a shipping container restaurant. Right. So something's happened with shipping Something's containers. happening with a shipping container and not only with one, <laughs> this one. So, yeah. right. And so I get hype. I'm getting so hype and it's crazy because now I'm looking back, I'm really laughing because I get so hype. I buy that container, right? right. I paint it red. I'm, I'm hype about it. I'm like, yes, it's awesome. One step closer. I buy another container a couple weeks later. And I paint that one so green. You, you're just so I'm just buying containers, and right? Putting, and you're just putting them on the lot. I'm putting them on the lot because I think that's what it takes. And I think that's what it is. You got you to have something. You got to have a presence. Have Something's something. got to be there. Foundation. You right. got to have something like, right? So the city, you know, it takes six months to get permits. You know, I wasn't prepared yeah. for all that. So I'm getting discouraged. And I really had to go deep into myself and be like, you know, you have to make this happen. You've talked too much. You, you right. got to make this happen. You put it so on Instagram. It's I official put, now. No, it's no, official. For real. And with me, especially with my friends and things like that, like once you do something like that, you can't just back out. You yeah. say, hey, what happened with them containers? He's ah, nothing, nothing. Everybody's like, wait, are you like a hold, like a lay down yard for trucks just dropping containers off? Right, right. So I get the, I get the, um, the other container. I'm going through the permitting process and, you know, things start picking up. I start meeting the right people and I start doing the right things and I learn the process and, it's just, it's been a crazy journey, but that's kind of how I started with the shipping containers mm -hmm. and that's how they got on a lot. And that's how I got the land. So my grandpa gotcha. gave me the land, just started buying shipping containers and really just like found my way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what kind of, I want to get in kind of the permit process, not the length everybody knows it takes a very long time, but how do you go about permitting? Is it just like a normal restaurant permit or you oh. say, Hey, I've got 12 containers. I need 12 restaurant permits. Like 
What, what do it's, you do? It's, and it was so difficult because they had no clue either. Right. So yeah. I'm going into the permanent office and I'm saying, OK, it's a, it's not a building necessarily, but it's not a food truck. Right. So it's like it was really hard. So going in there trying to describe everything, what it was and telling me it was a shipping container. They're like, how are you using a shipping container? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, is that even safe? Don't blah, blah, worry blah. about it. Yeah. I'm like, look, don't worry about it. Just know I just need these permits, basically. So through that process was really hard because every time you go in a permanent office, you have to explain to someone what it is, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. And it was just really hard. And, you know, doing things by yourself, especially and you don't have any connections. I'm moving back to the city where. I did have a lot of family here and things like that, but not connections that I really needed to make. So, yeah. you know, it was it was a long process and that process was hard just because no one really knew what it was or what to call it. And then we ended up, you know, getting things squared away and kind of explaining a little bit better once we met. Um, shout out Lamont Cole. Got to tell got to say that Lamont Cole helped us a lot during that process and really was able to help them understand what was going on and and just kind of just make everything a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, because that's I mean, how do you find somebody who knows how to retrofit? A shipping container. Um, you don't unless you call Drew Brees because really know, hold small on. sliders over okay. there by LSU. Yes. So he was the yes. only other person in Louisiana that had the slot the uh the containers used as something else. But right. small sliders is just one restaurant. It's like a bunch of containers and it's Yeah, it's like they, it's designed. Yeah, I've, I just, haven't I still have yet to, I've got so many places I need to go eat. Oh, I've not place, made it out place. there. Yeah. So I gotta hit up y'all and smalls. But yeah, mm-hmm. they've got like the shipping container design and layout and yeah, structure. Yeah. yeah. Without through the whole restaurant, right? So, so Drew okay. Brees did that, and so unless I could call him up and get information from him and his contractors, it just was impossible. So, and it's funny because right when I got here, that's when he started opening up. Like right when I got my container, he started opening up small sliders, and I was like, "Wow, I wonder how long it's going to take him to get it up." I go through my little six months or whatever, turn back around, small sliders is open and ready. I'm like, I haven't even. I'm like, I haven't even got the electricity in mine yet. Like I. <laughs> So that was another thing that was like, wow, you got to really push through and you got to really make it happen. So, yeah, but so I really didn't have any guidance like that. So no one knew how to build out a container. No one knew how to insulate a container. No one knew how to do anything. No one knew how to cut a container. So they already didn't even know how they were going to cut it. So but now going through all the steps, I don't want to give all, all the secrets, but well, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of easier ways right, you can right. cut it. But we were out there welding it, getting it cut, you know, <laughs> getting people to come out and do all that. And it was a, and it got expensive and it got, you know, doing a lot of things that I wasn't that I didn't need to do or didn't have to do. And it cost me. But I learned at the end of the day and now everything is just so much easier and it's coming together. So now right. you want to build a container. out? I'm the guy to see. <laughs> I'm the guy. Now, I got a, now, now you got the whole system down. Now I got a whole system. I got a whole construction company now, Millennial Innovation, that I'm about to drop soon, where we'll be doing all kinds of build outs. Because a lot of people come to me now and they want to do houses and apartment complexes. And right. So now I'm just going to come up with a, I have a team that I'm going to be doing a lot of renovations and building on and things like that. Dude, I love that about you. It's like you you have a problem. Instead of trying to call and wait around to find somebody else to fix it, you're like, nah, get two buddies. Let's go down there and let's, no. let's just start doing it ourselves. <laughs> no, seriously. And, and you can ask any of my friends that is too. It's funny because that's they say the same thing that's how it is like i'll just rather get my friends or find out how to do it myself there's plenty mm-hmm. of long days and nights where i've had to i learned how to use an excavator just by renting one at home depot putting it on my lot and turning it on and just like messing with it and like digging holes i'm out there digging holes you know with excavators i'm out there i have a jeep right i have right, right, no way right. to move my containers so it's either rent a bobcat i have an out-of-state license so you can't rent a bobcat unless you're about to pay the basically the full fee of the bobcat yeah. just in case any damages. You know, it makes sense. And I was like, right. you know, I was like, screw that. I got my Jeep, latched it onto them containers, and I had my Jeep pushing around every single container into its place, as you see right now. So really? there's things like that. Yeah, like I was hands-on the entire time. It wasn't like I paid someone to do every single thing. It was like I'm in there painting the walls. I'm in there digging these holes. I'm in there... Everything that I could do, I did, and everything I couldn't do, which is like, I even learned plumbing, actually. So other than the plumbing and electricity, but I learned plumbing a little bit. Electricity, I'm a little nervous about the... Did me, me, you, uh, you and me both. I, but, I grew up in the plumbing <laughs> yeah. industry. I can do plumbing all day, yeah. but those don't mix. Those Water do and electricity, mix, so I they don't mix. Pay somebody to do the electricity, but everything else is, you know, a Jeez. work in progress and really just trying to make it happen myself. Because I like, I like to say, you know, I did that. Like, I don't like to yeah. do, It's too easy to pay somebody, you know a ton of money to go and open it up and it's just not the same it's not I don't right know. when you get you have a better appreciation for it that's true when you're out there wiring everything you're running the plumbing and there's nothing wrong with people that pay to have it done mm-hmm. by no means is there anything wrong with paying mm-hmm. to have it done you might take that route next time what's not right exactly <laughs> exactly you know for floor two right, right. you might bring somebody floor two, i'm gonna definitely be doing that i won't be out right. there doing beams and things like that yeah but it's 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 learning that and being hands-on you a 
you build those memories and you learn skills. I mean, you learn skills that you didn't have beforehand. No, that's, that's very true. Unless you're out there running P-traps and getting slopes on pipes and everything. It wasn't a, a skill you had before, but you had to acquire it and you had to learn it and craft to. it to right. build what you're doing. And that, that to me is just amazing to see somebody going out there and like being all hands on, not showing up and saying, hey, this needs to get moved here. Hey, do that. No, be like, oh, guys, hang on. Hook the Jeep up. It's got to back up oh, six inches. Six inches. We got to move it now. Let's make it happen. From oh, from man. football from football showroom classroom to to this <laughs> literally no 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 instructional sheet nothing but you know you got to make it happen Dude. at the end of the day and one thing that was really like that really hit me so my mom we were talking about her earlier yeah 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 my mom is on me hard always she's mm-hmm. a mom so it's just how it is so yeah. my mom's on me and my dad hard always and it came to a point where um I was just like really discouraged and. I understood because I was trying to get my dad, I think it was my dad or somebody else. I was leaning on other people at the beginning of the process to do too much. And it discouraged me because things weren't happening fast enough and things weren't getting done the right way. Right. So once I sat, I literally sat in my room and I came to realize like with myself, I was like, you have to do this yourself. Like you have, you can't, you know, you know, my dad's a great person, but I can't put five things on my dad and say, and expect them to be done. You know what I mean? Like there's things that I could be doing or there's things that he doesn't know how to do or there's things you just have to put it on yourself. And once I truly put everything on myself and I was like, look, this isn't going to happen unless you unless you make it happen. Once that day. And then it was just kind of like. And that stuff starts rolling. I mean, that's I I find a lot of people. I mean, not a lot of people, but when people talk to business owners or CEOs or founders and their employees, they're like, well, man, why are you, you know, when people say, oh, why are the employees getting paid so little or why, why are they doing this? And the CEOs out there doing great things like because they didn't see the 10 years and all mm-hmm. the effort that you put in to build it. And everything's riding on you. No, if your dad, no, if your dad doesn't do it, if your mom doesn't do it, it's it's still you. It's still it's me at still the end of the day. on you exactly. at the end of the day. And exactly. so it's OK. You've got to shoulder all this. You've got to do everything and you've got to run with it. You can't just rely on everybody else to handle it. No, exactly. And once I really, you know, got that into my head, it was just it was almost like night and day. Yeah. It was just like night and day. It was just ridiculous. It's crazy. Because just growing up, it was like, not that I'd never had to do anything, but, you know, it was just, it was easier. Yeah. You know, so, you know, living in Pearland, Texas, you know, nice area. You didn't have to do as much. You know, my parents worked really hard to make sure that they gave us everything that they didn't have. So, you know, I hate to say life was pretty easy growing up, but it was. And so going from that and then having to do everything yourself is kind of just like, and that's why I started telling people, you know, trying to have my dad and my mom do a lot of things. And then you realize you're like, this you can't do that. This is yeah. life. Like this is legit. Like it's, if you really want to make this pop and do what you want to do, you have to take that initiative. And then even now my mom, even she knows that this is my baby. And she's like, look, I know this is your baby, but I, a suggestion. I'm like, yeah, I'll take suggestions. Suggestion. We not, you don't, don't run this. Don't yeah. walk out there and give me the classic. Yeah. The, little, the looks like, mm, you can do this. Do that. Like, hold on. She did that hold for on. months. Here's a box. It's yeah. called a suggestion box. <laughs> I'll get, Carefully I'll get you a rat my... trap in the bottom. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to my assistant, literally. Yeah. That's so funny. Tell her that she hates it. But it's, it, it's a sense of also like, kind of like your your pride and your character. Like, no, I, I did this. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, no, nobody held my hand through the whole process. Right, and you sit right. back and you look on and you're like, oh, wow, I made this. This is awesome. Mm what i made and the people have a better appreciation for you and respectable to use like dude you did it you're the man like you didn't sit here and have everybody else out here doing it all for you you were here doing it right right so who is all in millennial park now so memphis mac yeah carlos Carlos is um he's in his actually container is 85 percent done it's almost done it's a few finishing touches but carlos memphis mac is in millennial park we have royal taste of jamaica Jamaican cuisine, shrimp turk, I mean shrimp, um, curry, jerk chicken, all everything is so good. It tastes just like Jamaica. We have jive turkey, smoked turkey legs, smoked wings, loaded French fries, things like that. All, everything turkey. I'm gonna be doing turkey next and bring a lot of a lot of different things coming soon. And we also have that's everybody who's built out right now, but I'm building out five containers currently. Okay. So we have two bars, one's a daiquiri bar. One will be a just a regular bar in a forty foot container. Mm-hmm. We have a the ape shakes, the milkshake place, 
We have 32 degrees, which will be snowballs, and we have green acres, which will be pastas and salads and things like that. Okay, so you're like hitting all, covering all the bases. Right, right. There. I want to hit everything. I want to have a taco place, sushi. So you have no excuse to why you can't come. Like, there's going to be no <laughs> excuse. You're going to say, right. I don't like this. I'm a, I'm vegan. Well, come on. We got a vegan menu. We, we got a vegan menu. We got, vegan yeah. menu. we got this. We got tacos. We got sushi. I want to hit every single cylinder. Right. And you've, you've got like the ideal COVID setup. Outdoors. You walk up order and everybody goes sit at their own tables yep, away yep, from everybody yep, else no yep. interaction no nothing which is hilarious because before everything was happening you know everyone what about it being outside in the weather it's gonna be too hot in louisiana blah blah, blah. covid hits now everybody's like we have to be outside they're like we gotta go to millennial park it's outside <laughs> yeah. so we can sit out and it's just it's just crazy how things you know how things happen and turn around but yeah. outside we'll be all we are adding a few indoor elements so some containers on the second level okay. will be just seating Gotcha. Um, with TVs and things like that, just to just to help the elements. You know, it is hot, so you know you want to oh, be able hot. to get into some AC and things every now and then. And you know, older people. My grandpa likes to sit in AC, so I got to yeah. have some AC there. So right. we will have some inside portions. You know, we'll all be outside, but mainly, you know, it'll be outdoors. Yeah. Well, and then once once you build that second story and you've got all that walkway on top, exactly. you can just hang some big fans and exactly. then push the corner, some air exactly. in there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do in like in big old arenas mm-hmm. and everything. I know Carl can attest to that with all the farm stuff he sees those big fans that he got turning in there huge fans yeah so but you don't only do millennial park right there's some other things that you do in the background that i want to get into as well from what from what i'm aware of you've also got a t-shirt line yeah i actually do have a a clothing line it's a a workout workout fitness clothing line yeah yes and you you have a podcast episode 13 just came out this week or Um, today i think 14 came out today yeah 14 we um just did a podcast with one of my friends who has like the top um, upcoming business in Houston right now, Solar Power. So we just okay. did that with him today. And I also do real estate. Yes. Yeah. I also do real estate, different kind of Section 8 housing. And for like battered women, mm-hmm. um, I have houses that they stay in and, and, and do things like that. I actually just um, purchased two properties today, um, actually. Yeah. Nice. Where at? Um, one if it is can be actually, yeah, it can, it can be disclosed. <laughs> one is actually kind of right behind Millennial Park on North Street, North okay. Boulevard. Um, so it's like right behind Millennial Park, nice um, commercial property. And then um, another part is in like South Louisiana, South Baton Rouge. I mean, okay. um, and it's just a lot, a vacant lot. But my plans are, part, so our future plans, part two. part two coming soon. So the the lot on North will actually be like an extension of Millennial Park. So a lot of people don't notice, but in that area on Florida Boulevard, there's nowhere you can get fresh fruit anywhere. Okay. So, um, so kind of to offer a fresh fruit, I'm going to be doing some containers and I'll have them kind of open, but it'll be a fresh fruit market since no one there can get fresh fruit anywhere in the area. Be mainly like a fresh fruit market, um, healthier options type of like Millennial Park. I'm doing that with my mom. So um, it's something that she really wanted to do for the area and the community. So we're doing that. But Millennial Park 2 will be coming soon. I have not decided on a destination, but definitely somewhere in Louisiana. Gotcha. Definitely somewhere in Louisiana. So I want to go to and kind of dissect each three of those different layers okay. that you've got. So let's go to first the fitness line. Yeah, okay. is it athleisure wear, athletic wear? What, yes. What is it? So it's athletic wear, and I actually started this brand because when I was playing football, you couldn't take supplements because you know they were banned by the NCAA. So I was like, I want to work out. I love working out. I was like, I want to make some supplements that I can just take and that my my friends can take. So mm-hmm. ended up just making it and uh, gave it to my team. They loved it. And ended up just really it started off as just the protein. Like it wasn't even the protein powder in the pre-workout. Mm-hmm. And so then Hoop actually, we got, I threw it on a shirt and he liked it and I liked it. And we kind of just started making clothing and it just jumped off like that. And then next thing you look up and it's like everybody's got a Gorilla Gang shirt on. And it was cool for, you know, while we were in school, that's how I started that. So I started in college and it's still on. It's still mm-hmm. going, but I'm going to relaunch it and get things bigger with it and, and get back on it when I have a little bit more time. But I've been so involved in Lineal Park. It's just like... Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to... still yeah. building out sea cans. Yeah, I'm still... Like, every day, it's something different with that. So it's just like, I can't even really get into it like I really want. Because I like to put my all in things. And yeah. until I can give somebody, you know, the page to take over, it's going to be um, something else. But yeah, it's got the whole Gorilla Gang clothing line. And my dad actually, like, helped me start that. Yeah. Okay. So how... Because I did a I did a lifestyle brand a couple years back. Okay. So what was it like, kind of going through that, building the building the brand and you know sourcing vendors? Because oh, that's man. that's not an easy task either. It's not an easy task, and it's funny that you say that. Say okay, so uh, Kendra can attest. So I'm talking. So we get. I guess I can tell. I'll t- I'll tell the secrets. Um, so we get to Coastal and we're we're selling the shirts. People want the shirts, but 
at this point, I'm getting the shirts from a third party and they're charging like $15 a shirt. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I like high. hooking my friends up. I like giving people free things, you know, because at the end of the day, that's really what gets your brand going in a, in a sense of clothing, especially at a school. You know, there's a bunch of college kids. You're not just going to be getting all these purchases. So yeah. Hey, buy the shirt. Whoa. Buy the shirt. Man, I got to buy lunch. Like. Buy, I got to buy lunch and I got to go get drunk tonight. That's what yeah. Coastal, that's all Coastal's <laughs> talking about, right? So they didn't want to do that. Not that they didn't want to do it, but it was just not as supportive. So we had to find a way to get our costs down. So get um, linked up with a friend and he shows us how to basically make the shirts at my house. So I'm getting the shirts for super cheap and I have this machine that I'm cutting out everything and I'm printing it and I'm pressing it. So, so we were at my house doing it. Screen printing or vinyl pressing? Vinyl pressing. Oh. Yeah. Vinyl okay, pressing for the here. longest. Yeah. Okay. We weren't even screen printing yet. So we're vinyl pressing in my house um, in Fairways at Coastal. So just nice. me and him know about the operation. We're in there vinyl pressing. I'm talking, we were missing class. We were vinyl pressing so much. Hey, so, got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Right. So we're getting the shirts out and that's just how we could get the shirts out in bulk, cheap, you know, we're selling shirts for $10, $5 to people just so everywhere we went, we could see this shirt. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was working. So that's kind of how we scaled and, and got big as we did during the school time. We, we were getting the shirts for way, way, way cheaper and we were able to hook people up give them out and we had literally everyone like on i was going everywhere like people didn't even know me and they had the shirts on the wristbands it was crazy we were throwing parties and to get in you have to get uh one of the wristbands so everyone in the party's got a gorilla gang wristband on and that just like simple things like that Dude. we were doing every single time you look up in a classroom you'd have either a flyer on your desk or on your chair like we even after before after football practice i'd go we'd i'd link up with hoop um, we'd get together on campus and we'd literally walk around almost every single classroom and put a flyer in almost every single seat, every single chair, every single desk and just everywhere. Boards. Teachers hated us. People like even one of my teachers, he made a comment that we were in class. He was like, I don't want to be taking a pee. And I look up and seeing Cam's face, um, you know, right in front of the urinal. But it was just like, that's just how you got You got to do what you got to do. Hey, it's you were guerrilla marketing, your guerrilla brand. Yeah, the guerrilla brand. Right. We definitely did that. So we were taking over you know, everywhere. So we were putting them every single place and that's kind of how we got that going and kind of how we started that. Yeah. Dude, that's for, for a, any type of clothing brand or anything you have to, you have to get in front of people. Mm -hmm. If you're not in front of people, your, your brand's useless. Exactly. They gotta be wearing your stuff and you got, people gotta see it, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. If, if I, if I see you wearing it or I see Carl wearing it or somebody else wearing it, I'm like, Oh, I want that shirt. Mm -hmm. You know, but if I don't see it and I'm like, what is I see it online? I'm like, what is You're not like, just going to buy it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we had to really get to. And once we realized that and how people were and saw, you can't just drop a clothing line and expect people to buy it. You know, mm -hmm. I understand the support and everything like that, but a lot of people like to drop a clothing line and sell shirts for 35, $50 to their friends. And it's like, yeah, you want that support, but you know, you gotta, you gotta meet them halfway. Yeah. So at least, at least sell them at cost. At least. Yeah. At yeah. least say, Hey, look, I pay five bucks for the shirt. Can you pay me five bucks to cover my cost? Yeah. Or like, I mean, come yeah. on. Or, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, or just, 10, like, yeah, come just on. Something, like, be real. something to help, yeah. help me get the brand started. Right. And so you got to have that community to get the brand started and just, um, hearing you just go to classroom to classroom. I think that's hilarious. And I love it. I'm talking, we had thousands of flyers and we were I'm talking classroom to classroom. People were, it's so funny because people were posting on their stories and sending us Snapchats and videos all day for like a week. Like, man, we got the, we got the flyer, blah, blah, blah. It was, flyer, it was just hilarious. It. But hey, you got to do what you got to do. And, it, and honestly, it really benefited mm -hmm. um, at the same time. And it was funny because regardless in what thing that we really saw was like, regardless if you like it or not, you are going to know what it is. Yeah. So you're going to see the shirt and you're going to know what it's for or who they represent. You know, but it's better to have that than nobody know about your brand. So it was like, That's hey, right. you're going to hate it or you're going to love it. Yeah. Let's you, make it happen. You're going to know who I am one way or the other. One way or the Whether other. Whether you buy it or... Or you're going to sit on this flyer in your classroom. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start sticking them in your cars. Start sticking them on, on the windshield. Oh, we did that as well. We ain't going to talk about that. We did that a couple times Allegedly. Well. Allegedly. Allegedly. So now I want to move into the, uh, the podcast. You have a podcast. Yeah, we have a podcast. And we started that. When did we start that? I don't know when we started the podcast, maybe like, but it was kind of like a, it was like a random, right when I started like Millennial Park, kind of we started podcast because a lot of people always ask me, you know, how, I, how I'm doing things and, you know, things on what I'm doing. And I try to try to give as much knowledge as possible to my people because I just wish that I had, I had that, you know, I wish I had somebody right. I could ask and, you know, get advice from and things like that. So we started the podcast, the free value podcast, um, and it's been going well. Um, we got a little bit busy, but that's no excuse. Um, we got to come out with a lot more episodes, but it's been going good. You know, we get a lot of feedback and a lot of good things and 
It's been all right. Yeah, podcaster, you know, like we were talking before, is a way you can market the brand or market just something that you're trying to get out there. Market Mm -hmm. yourself, you know, or hey, here are stories that people are telling about how they got from where they are and where they're going. Mm -hmm. And even that can bring value to people. So what's what's your setup? I want to get geeky with it. What's your setup like you're working with? Um, the setup isn't even super crazy right now. Um, I actually have to get another mic, um, but we're, we're, in the, we're in the process of doing that. So Hoop is actually going to be moving out here soon, pretty soon. And so once he does that, um, we're going to get a room in my house and we're going to completely deck it out. You've set the tone. Uh, so believe we, we're going to have to do something similar <laughs> and have you on the show as well. Dude, I'm in, man. Anytime you want me to come on, I'm yeah, there, say man. Yeah, no more, say no more. Let's get it set up first. I can't have you come in and we just got a mic. Hey, so I got to get set up. I start with the iPhone, guy. man. I start with the iPhone. <laughs> hey, I recorded yeah, my first two well. episodes yeah. with iPhones. Yeah. So you just start it and you just yeah. do it. You which, have to. You have yeah. to. I mean, anybody want to start anything, they get held back by come and see a setup that has evolved into this mm-hmm. or going see other people's setup and hearing them, you know, talk about their gear and their stuff or podcasts and anything in particular. But it's you don't have to start there. You know, everybody's at a different place in life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's at a different level. You start where you can. I mean, I started my very first podcast was on an iPhone that I held up to my face and started right. talking. You know, it's no excuse to say I don't have this, all this gear. I can't get these mics or I can't do this. It doesn't matter. If you just start somewhere, you figure it out along the way. You're going to. And it's like, and it's really like an excuse a lot of people like to throw themselves, you know. Yeah. I don't have this and I don't have that, but it's like you have to make it work. Yeah. What do you have? What do you have? And right. let's make it work from there. I had land and I had, a con- and I had somewhere I could buy a container from. That's all I had. That's actually a pretty like, good connection to have. Like, yeah, that's why I could buy a container from. Bought the container, a little overpriced for my first one, but uh, bought the container and went from there. Like you just and people, you know, they talk themselves out of a lot of things. And if you start off like that, I can't do this, then you've already lost. You know, yeah. you have to say, how can I make it work, or how can I get the information that I need to make this work, and how can I talk to the person that's doing it? How can I see how they're doing it? You know, yeah, and it, different it, things like that. And you learn from other people's stories. Mm-hmm. I learn more from somebody's failure than from their success. Right, right. Because when we do something, you know, it's like in school, when you read a book, you read a textbook, it's the perfect scenario. Everything is perfectly laid out. perfect. But in the real world, it's not. Nothing's oh perfectly gosh. laid out. So hearing you say, oh yeah, overpaid for my first CCAN, it's like, okay, oh, there yeah. you I'm Learn talking about price, research price. That's what that tells me. Research, price, research a lot more things. Even like a simple, I don't want to get into all my screw-ups, but <laughs> even a simple There'll fact be a time of- for that. Even the simple fact of just like getting the, you, you know, plumbing. Yeah. Doing the plumbing before the concrete's laid. That could have been, that could have helped save me a lot of money. Right. Wait, so, so you poured the slab first? Poured the slab. I said, okay. screw it. Pour the slab. We can, throw the, we can throw the plumbing through the back some way. But just because it was a container and I feel like it was going to be high enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some information on somebody who wasn't even knowledgeable. You know, and, and it went from there. Really. You live and That's you learn. That's all it was. Yeah. So you live and you learn. And then once they poured the slab and I put the containers on the slab, they're like, you should have. Now we're going to have to bust out concrete and we're going to have to do this. And I'm like, crap. You know, that's kind of, I was just looking like that whole day was just horrible for me, actually. Now that I'm really thinking about it, I remember like how I felt that day. I was just like, and anytime anything, like I had to really be in my mind because in my mental and be strong because like anytime anything bad like that happened, like it was just so devastating. It was just like, ah, uh, like. This is set me back. Throwing throw the towel. Yeah, yeah. like not, almost like not even not even throwing in the towel, but just like how am I going to overcome this? Like I just screwed up big time. How am I going to overcome this? Like is it even possible? Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying. So then I had to just buy a a toilet that would be able to push everything out and and you know and just make it work and you get had, the drains you had to buy and a wall, a wall mount toilet a wall and make mount it work. Toilet and make it work. Right. You know. So you know that's something I went through and and getting discouraged is just something that's just a part of the process and you got to be ready for that. Yeah, as as an entrepreneur or anybody who wants to start something, even if it's a craft or a hobby, Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife's outside stripping some furniture, you Mm -hmm. know, it's something that's different and you got to go to it. And if something goes wrong, you got to figure out how to fix it along the way. I mean, for somebody like, for example, somebody want to start a podcast and they say, I don't have any good mics. And even if they don't have an iPhone, find a guest who's got an iPhone and ask them to record it for you. And then somehow get it on a go to the library or somewhere and get on a computer, mm-hmm. download free software and make it happen. There's ways. There, there's there's, ways. there's always ways to make it work. But if you keep finding roadblocks and keep finding those no's, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then you're going to be stuck and then you're going to be sitting there going, oh, what if, oh, what if, mm-hmm. oh, what if. That doesn't sound like what anything that you did. No, you just I had to, pushed through everything. Like you said, I posted on Instagram. I couldn't go back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there. Back. It's, it was, there. it's there. It's public. Once it was posted and it was like, yo, what are you doing? I'm doing this. You have to do it. You can't. You can't. And that's one thing that really kept me going. It was just like a fail. Failing at something is just something that is I hate. You know, 
So yeah. uh, finding a way is just something that you have always had to press myself forward to do and, and try to overcome. Yeah, but and failure is a part of that, though. Failure is a part of that. Failure, it definitely is. And I failed at, you know, plenty of things as well, you know, just trying to do a lot of things. How Millennial Park looks right now, I think it should be done by now. Yeah. Let's not talk about all the failures and how it looks now, but it should be done. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's getting there at a pace it's that's moderate there. and a pace that's going to be, in the long run, the right pace. Mm-hmm. So on to the real estate side of things. You just said, like you'll say, I just oh, yeah, purchased yeah, two yeah. buildings. So how do you, how'd you get into real estate? Um, I got into real estate with my mom, actually. So my mom's been doing real estate for a long time. She saw her parents doing real estate from a young age and inquired about it really young and got into it in her 30s. She said she started a little bit late, but she started in her 30s. And my mom has a few properties and she's just really big on generational wealth. And so she really instilled that into me and said, it's about what you own. You got to own things. You got to get property and you have to make things happen, you know, and she instilled that into me. And then so once I got a little bit of money, she um, I was in school at this time and we had a house. My first house that I got um, is actually on 38th Street in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, we collabed and came together and she wanted to get a house and kind of just teach me step to step how everything was going. And I said, let me know how much money I need to bring forward. And she did and gave it to her. And then we just went and we went in on that deal. And then we went in on another deal and then we went in on another deal. And that's kind of like how me and my mom, you know, do everything. So me and my mom do real estate and then me and my dad kind of have, you know, Millennial Park. So he's like my CFO, um, my COO, and he kind of does all the operations and everything with that helps me with that my mom helps me with real estate so the houses and the properties that i got today um we'll be doing things with them and she's really huge on giving back to the community and i am as well so giving back to the community and doing things for that so us purchasing these lots we want to get a lot of lots vacant lots and and things like that um throughout baton rouge so we can put on affordable housing with containers mm-hmm. um affordable housing Section eight housing, you know, beaten, battered, beaten wives, you know, older, you know, just everyone. We want to anybody that's in need kind of just have some kind of housing and some kind of development to help them. So with the fresh market, bringing the fresh fruit to us to an area that has no fresh fruit would be something huge. um, Bringing different kind of housing in areas that no one's building new houses, no new developments are happening. So just doing like that and and really just bringing Baton Rouge back alive. So that's kind of how I got into it. And. I've stayed into it. I love it, um, and it's going. It's going well. Yeah, yeah real, I plan on getting a lot more. Yeah, I, that's and that's something I'm want to get into as well as the real estate area mm-hmm. and starting to grow and like you said, build those assets. Yes, exactly. And build those that are there for the long term and not just for the short term. Exactly. You know, if if the stock market crashes and everything goes bad, you still own that land. Mm-hmm. You still own that building. That building yeah. is still there unless it burns down. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and so doing that and you're almost kind of just wanting to better the community as a whole exactly in every way that you go and i've seen that a lot you know and people have you know i get a lot of comments all the time wow what you're doing for the community is so big and i never really just like understood that until as of recent when i really just like took everything in because i still haven't taken all the millennial park in like yeah i literally go there almost it's once or twice a week i'll go I'll, i'll pull up with my dad and i'm like this is crazy i'm like i can't believe we did this like this really happened like i'm still in awe and in shock so it's just like now it's all coming. Now I'm like, how can I help the community even more? Okay, bringing new things in, new food, you know, to the area that didn't have it and new things and new developments. But it's like, how can I help the community even more? What can I do? So I even gotten partnered with um, Tremel Howard on the school board. He's the vice president of the school board in Baton Rouge. Uh, so I'll be doing a school drive soon um, for all the kids going back to school. I'll be doing a fresh market with Baton Rouge General. We'll be collabing on some things as well mm-hmm. um, and doing some things for the community. So we're just constantly trying to find new ways that we can just help Baton Rouge in general because you don't want to just take from the community. That's my biggest thing. You don't want to take all these dollars from the community and not give back. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the easiest thing to do is give back. Y'all already coming and spending your money at Millennial Park every day. Why can't I, you know, do things and have school drives and give food to the homeless and feed the homeless and do things like that? So I try to do that, you know, often, you know. Right. And yeah. that's seeing that as a consumer it just makes you have so much more respect for the owner of the establishment. Right, right. You know, seeing going, oh my gosh, we're going to Millennial Park. We're spending all this money on food all the time, but he just bought this lot. Look what he's doing here. He just bought this. Look what he's doing here. He's building the community up right. one small step at a time. Of course, I'm going to support him. And then it right, becomes right. a no-brainer as a consumer. Like, right. absolutely. I'm going to go there. I'm going to eat there. I'm going to do what I can to help you because of everything you're doing to give back to the right, community. right. right. And that's it's powerful. It's it, and it's huge. Yeah, you're right. And it's just 
that's just where we're at. I'm just trying to do, you know, whatever I can to help the community. And a lot of people just, it sounds crazy, but it's like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but like, oh, you're going to be doing something with, without the expectation of getting something in return. Right. But you're like, well, yeah, but I've also got, you know, Millennial Park that's kind of helping fuel this. You know, I've fuel, got these other exactly. things fuel my passion to build the mm-hmm. community stronger. And, and that's what the whole thing is as well. You know, and I try to do a lot of different things with, you know, we've had a drive-in movie night, you know, just things that since COVID knocked a lot of things out, my whole thing was as well was like, okay, how can I bring the community back together and get people out and feel comfortable, but be safe at the same time? So right. you can stay in your car and you can watch the drive-in movie. Um, another thing I was doing that I feel like that was really beneficial and we will continue to do as well was I, I have vendors come out. So, you know, one thing really what Millennial Park was I really wanted to do was in order to get all the containers or to get small mom pop shops to be able to for a cheap, you know, amount to be able to bring their business into something and, and make it whatever they, their dreams want them to make it, you know, right. so make it a cheap option for them and do that. And so one way we do that as well is um, I have vendors come out, you know, every other week almost, you know, the vendors, about 20 to 30 vendors and small businesses come out and a ton of people come and you can just put everything out and, and sell your stuff and just get out there. And it, it just helps. And this is something good because I wish, you know, when we were doing Gorilla Gang and things like that. We had places like that we could go to as well and just to get the brand out because those little things you never know one person that they can meet that day could be you know right that you know boost their whole company up so it's just you just never really know so i try to give everybody opportunities and just do a lot of different things with millennial park just to bring everybody in the hall yeah it's understanding what you have and how powerful it is to help others right is huge right because some people they understand what they have but they not, may not be able to see what it can benefit others and how they can capitalize on mm-hmm. that. You know, exactly. and saying, hey, let's do a, a, a vendor's market. You know, let's have a market and have people come out like you're doing. Well, for you, that's great because it's giving people the space to come out, drawing a crowd. People can go there. But in turn, you're also supporting the small pop-up shops. You're supporting all your vendors that mm-hmm. are in your market. Exactly. Because you've got the land. Because mm-hmm. the land has the value of being a space for people to go to and flock to that not everybody has exactly so i do want to ask the question what are two or three of your biggest failures that turn into the greatest lessons two or three of my biggest failures that turn into the greatest lessons yeah or just a failure that turned into out to be a great lesson in the long run but at the time was just devastating. i will say um i can't go too um into depth in it yeah. but i will say um, when I was at my when I was at my first school um, when I left when I left high school and, and like I told you I, you know I had a lot of things that growing up life was easy so yeah. it was like you always had things given to you you always you know things were easy so I was really taking a lot of things for granted I'd say you know I took uh, I took a lot of things for granted it was you know I'd get change at Chipotle I'd have fifty cents in my hand I would I'd, I'd throw it on the ground like you know just taking grant for granted of just simple things and that sounds like something small or dumb but it's just that's kind of like an example I can think of because I can picture myself doing that younger me and just taking advantage of just my time and what I have in front of me was something that really changed my life so I was taking advantage of the situation I was at you know I'm on full scholarship I'm living a life like what's better than going to school for free you know your right. family's proud you know everybody's loving it and I took for granted of my situation and, and everything that happened and um, ended up having to leave that school and go to a different school. And that moment kind of between that time is when I realized like that failure. And it wasn't even like a failure because I didn't do anything wrong. Right. But it was in a sense of it was almost like just God speaking to me. is like, look, I'm going to I'm going to take you out of this situation and to show you that you're not invincible and that you do need to, you know, take a lot more things into account and be more appreciative of things you have. And so once I kind of realized that, I got back into my situation, um, went back to school and kind of got got everything right. And that's when I, even when I went to Coastal and I got my head back on, I, I wasn't trying to take things for granted. You know, who can probably be a test to where there's times where I just always want to do, like Gorilla Gang, for instance. You know, that was like a, I didn't want to take things for granted. I want to start something. I want to try new things and I want to really work and I want to grind for something. So that was like the biggest thing that I feel like that failure um, from leaving that school had taught me was you got to, you know, care for your loved ones. You can't take anyone for granted. You can't take any situation for granted because that situation can be taken from you as way faster than you got it. You know, right. one day you're, you know, you're on top of the world. Things are going great. You know, 
and you're about to play Virginia Tech starting and then the next day your life changes, you know? So things just things just happen and 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 you just have to kind of just keep a, a steady head and and rely on the people that love you and and, and stay stay with God and just yeah. trust them. Keep, keep so that's like the biggest the biggest failure I could think of. But other than, you know, recently it's just kind of just been like small failures that have kind of just got me back on point, you yeah. know? So I might slip up and get into you know, I'll get too hype. I get, I get, I get hype, and I get in, into the moment. You know, it's, can, it's easy can, to hype me up. I can feel up. that. I can feel right, that. Right. So it's easy to hype me up, and I get excited. You know, and and you know, small things happen. Like you'll do something, and and you'll oh, you just escape by that much. Yeah. Get back down to where you were. You know, and and that happens constantly. And so things like that is always kind of just bring me back to level. And I've been a lot, you know, better with it lately, um, especially after just everything going on and. Being in a public light has changed a lot. You know, yeah. I can't even go to Walmart now without someone say, hey, you got a guy with Millennial Park. And it's like, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, probably should have worn my hat. You probably <laughs> see the blonde hair. And that's probably what it is. It's the look, but, yeah. But, you know, and it's, you got to change. And, and that's what, one thing as well because, um, and I haven't been taking things for granted as well because I, I understand the situation I'm in and I understand how, and really how people have come to me in Baton Rouge and told me how big this really is for the city and what I'm doing is really huge. And you kind of sit back and you're like, wow, like you're being put in this position to make a change, to do big things. You have to take it, not take advantage of it, but you need to, you need to use this the right way. You know, right. you need to use this the right way and do the right things with it. And I'm constantly reminded of that. You know, every time I'm on a news and every time I'm on a news segment or have an interview, I, I truly, you know, I love it. And it, and it just makes me want to give back to the community and do what, what else can I do for somebody else now? Mm-hmm. Almost. So it's just like, it's been, it's just, it's been, Oh, it's been a long ride. Just, just, just to kind of wrap that little. Yeah, a long, long ride that's not yeah. even, not even close to being over. So to kind of start wrapping up the show, what is something you would do today that you did as a kid, or what, what is something you did as a kid that you could do that you would do today if no one stopped you? Well, something I would do as I could do as a kid today if no one stopped me. Hmm. Maybe playing baseball. Okay. Yeah, I'd say playing baseball. Playing baseball? I kind of miss playing baseball. Yeah, I like playing baseball a lot. Yeah? What what yeah, what what, what attracts you to baseball? Um, just kind of like the freedom you get. Um, so the difference, you know, playing football and baseball are just so different because you could be in your position, you could be in the outfield and you're kind of like in your own zone. You could focus up, you could get unfocused, you could be in your own zone doing your own thing, but you know, when you could really, in football, it's like you have to be on point at all times. Right. If you miss one guard pulling, that's you just lost. You know, you got a receiver behind your head because you just took a step. So it was kind of like a slower game, and I really enjoyed it more than I did football because football was like, you know, you get to hit people and, you know, it's flashy, a lot of big plays and things are cool. But baseball, I just felt like it was just where you could get away, you know, be watch, be with yourself and just really be in your own head and just making things happen because everything's quiet until something pop off. That's right. You know, it's, so it's, a, really, it's a boring your, game until it's a boring game until somebody, some action happens. So you hear yeah. a crack of a bat, right? So I used to try to make a little bit of action happen, and you know, you get that, and then you get excited. So I'd say baseball. You know, yeah, baseball. I love it, man. I love it. So what are what are three lessons that you would tell somebody that you learned along the way that are just starting out? Three lessons that I learned along the way just starting out. So I would say the lesson of you need you need a team. You need a team, regardless of what it is. Um, you need a team to do something because there's always other people that could help you. And it's just a team stronger than one person. You know, a pack of wolves is stronger than one wolf. So um, I would say get you a team, a good team that you trust, love, and that you admire, that want the best for you and see your vision and can help you with your vision. So I'd say get a team. That's the lesson I had. I thought I could do everything by myself, you know, the cockiness in me. Um, I'd say that's one thing. I'd say always seek improvement from others. So always try to learn something from a mentor or someone that has done it or that possibly can know more than you because you don't want to be a hard head. And it, it hurt me in the past, you know, doing different things from Millennial Park and electricity. And I thought I knew things. I didn't really know them. But mm-hmm. of course, you think you know them. And you're not it till you make to, it. Right. You fake it till you make it. So I was faking it until I make it. And I was, you know, this person would say a quote I didn't like or this person would say, you know, nah, forget it. I don't even need you or I'll do it myself. You know, yeah. All, so that's another one I'd say, you know, take advice from others and really learn from the people around you because the people around you really could benefit you and you have no clue. Um, so I'd say that as lesson number two, 
And lesson number three, never get too high um, in the sense of never think you're on top of the world. Anything could happen. Yeah. So, you know, take every single day as just a new day to get better. And, you know, starting off, you know, you want to accomplish the world at first and you want to do this and that. And you're, you're looking at the future and you're looking at this Lambo you want to drive and you're looking at this house you want to get. But you have to tone it down. You got to go some steps back and take it one step at a time and see how you can really benefit from each one and how your that step can improve your next step and how this step you can be better. And if you were to do it again, that step could be better. So always just um, I'd say that's kind of step three. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. So what? Do you love most about Baton Rouge? What do I love most about Baton Rouge? Hmm. I love how different Baton Rouge is. Elaborate. That's what I love. Okay, so you go to different states, you know, Houston. I've been I've been I've been to so many different states, but Houston, New York. New York's a very different state, right? But right. it's not Louisiana. So that's one thing, like it's just one thing I love about Baton Rouge is just so different. The people here, very genuine. Um and they're straightforward, I'd say, as well. Yeah. People here are genuine, but they're very straightforward. They're not going to beat around the bush, and they're going to let you know it's real. So I'd say that's the one thing I really love about Baton Rouge. And it's just so different. Like, the food, the the way people do things. Like, you can't go boil crawfish in New York. Like, I don't know what that's that is. That's a fact. You can't go, you know, like... It's just the support, too. Like, it's so funny because everywhere else, like every other state, they all like all these other different teams. You come to Louisiana, it's LSU and it's Saints. It's not it's not anywhere in between. It's like <laughs> you like the LSU yeah. or you like the Saints. So I just love how, like, Louisiana, Louisiana is. And coming from Texas, Texas is a state where everyone wants you to know they're from Texas. You know, I'm from Texas. Everything's oh, bigger yeah. in Texas. Everything's and I was one of those people Texas. as well. And then once you, once you get back to Louisiana, you're like, this is unreal. This is something he just came in from out of town. He's been here for two days. During the two days, you see more than you would in any other state for about a month. Like you can see some crazy things out here. And it's just every day for me with Baton Rouge is just honestly a treat because you never know what you're going to see and you never know who you're going to meet or what you could do. That's right. You know, one day you could be riding a horse. <laughs> Literally, you could be riding a horse uh -huh. and the next day you could be touring the state capitol on just like or riding a bike down about you know downtown go ride you know oh yeah shout out them so it's just so many things you could do about it's like how different baton rouge is truly and it's, i was born here so coming back to where i was there born back and to the roots back to the roots and just like seeing that you know like i'm like a young version of my family members in the past and just seeing like all their friends say hey you know you're like a younger version of your grandpa this and that <laughs> and this is it's just cool i just love how homey and genuine Louisiana is and Baton Rouge especially yeah I love it here I'm not gonna lie hey. and it's funny because I actually um when I left school I was actually gonna go to Houston I was or I said I was gonna open Millennial Park up in a year move back to Houston I'm gonna be right. going I never would live in Baton Rouge but things have been going well and I'm loving where I'm at and I don't have any plans of leaving as of right now yeah dude I love it man so one one final question for you is what can I do to help you what can you do to help me come get some food <laughs> Let everybody I can know do to come that. Get some I can food. do that. Come get some food. That's that's it. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll and just cool. continue to support. That's all, dude. I will. I will do what I can in that regard for sure, man. So thank you, Cam, for coming on. Appreciate. Really it. appreciate it, man. I'm glad we finally made this thing happen. Great, great show, man. I really, I really appreciate you having oh, yeah. me on. I loved it. We we'll definitely you. have to have you on a free value podcast coming soon, bro. I'm I'm all about going on different shows and talking good, with other good, people and good. learning different lessons. All so right, hit me up anytime, man. We'll get you on there. Appreciate oh, yeah. you having and me. For everybody listening or watching, thank y'all very much. I appreciate it. I know the guests do. If you haven't checked out Millennial Park, go check out Millennial Park. What is the address? What's the easiest way for them to find you? Okay, so the address to Millennial Park is 3817 Florida Boulevard. 3817 Florida Boulevard, right across the street from Baton Rouge General. And you can find us on Instagram, Millennial Park, M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L, -L -L -E Park, um, and follow us there. Yeah. Perfect. Well, everybody hit them up, get some food. They've got some great food and stay tuned for their other portion of Millennial Park being built Coming as soon. we speak. So thank you all so very much. I am Patty G with the Patty G Show signing out. Y'all have a good one.